So now that you came out of prayer, let's go right back, okay? Right back to some prayer real quick. Lord, I, I pray for Jeff right now. You know what's going on with him. Um, and the people that you have around him helping him right now, I just pray, Lord, for your hand and your protection, your healing, your wisdom. Um, man, you are in control, Lord. And we just uh, we celebrate you and your saving power, not only from sin, death, and hell, but from every single day, all the things that come after us, Lord, all the things that ail us, ail us and uh, attack us, and all the things in our health and everything else, Lord. So you're in control, and we just rest in that. So now, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us because we, we need your truth. We need your guidance. We need your love, your peace, your joy. Uh, help us. Enable us, equip us to encourage one another, to challenge one another, and to spur each other on into greater and greater faith, greater and greater trust, and greater and greater good works in your name, I pray. Amen. So joy, right? We're going to keep talking about joy. Um, let, me, let me give you a scripture. Uh, this is from the Gospel of John. John... 15, 9 through 11. So from what you know about the gospel, who do you assume is saying this? I heard it. Jesus, yes, yes, very good. Very good, right? So verse 9, it goes like this. As the Father has loved me, okay, as the Father's loved Jesus, he's saying, so have I loved you. Right, this really reiterates a lot of what we were talking about, and it's this simple. This is what Jesus was doing. The Father's love came to Jesus, and through that love, he was able to love us in such a way that we could murder the guy, and he would love us even while we murdered him, right? That's a love you and I don't possess in our own power, okay? Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, we don't like that. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. Well, geez, Will, you're coming right out. Yeah. We obey Christ, we follow him, we go where he leads us, and then what we find in the process there is the love of God in it. And so Jesus isn't shying away from that. And to be honest with you, uh, in the pursuit of, Lord, teach me about joy, what do you want me to share with everyone that you bring here this Sunday? I wish, Chris, there was like a magic thing, right? A little twist, because what I'm finding is everything that I'm learning and hearing and knowing about joy, it's, it's not working enough. Um, apparently, as I look at the world around me, we're, we're deficient in two things. Vitamin D, apparently, is one of them, right? You're all, you all, someone's making a million dollars, a vitamin D company, off of some joke or something. We're all taking vitamin D. We seem to be deficient in that and deficient in joy, which is a huge problem. Because if you read the full of Scripture, guys, I hope you understand. If you want to know, am I growing spiritually? Am I growing in the faith? What's going to happen in me is a couple of things. But a couple of them are, I'm going to be more loving. And I'm going to have more peace. And I'm going to have more joy. And I, I don't think that's happening in the American Christian world right now. I don't know if that's happening in me. And that's like concerning. So Jesus, what are you saying? You're saying that the Father loved you so much that you loved me. 
And when I'm following you, I'm staying right in the center, right in the middle. I'm abiding. I'm connected with. I'm adjacent to. I'm in it. Like I'm grasping your love. And he says, I'm not telling you something I didn't do because it's just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. And then verse 11, he says this. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you. My joy may be in you. And that your joy may be full. The the language actually is more than full. It's overflowing. Like that your joy, because my joy is in you, your joy is going to be ridiculous. Like it's going to make a mess on the world around you. So I pull that out. That my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. What, what is it, Lord? What is it? What is this joy? What is this joy? What's joy? What do we think? What do we learn? Help me out. Peace and harmony? Delight in being in the presence of another person. Happy? Anyone else want to add to that? Yeah. I'm sorry, what's that? A deep in your body happy. Yeah. What were you going to say? It's not dependent on your circumstance. Someone said something over here, too. Elevated spirit. So I want to talk about joy, but it's, uh, and, and I feel like this is what I've been told and what I think it's saying. It's like, okay, there's happiness. Right, and it's fleeting. But then there's joy, and that's somehow somehow separate from happiness, but somehow it's combined together, and it's really hard to to split them apart. But it's supposed to be this sort of euphoric thing above happiness and greater than happiness that doesn't seem to go away. So looking at that, I figured i got to bring some of Joy's cousins into this discussion, some of these other words that we use that are kind of bulked into that. And so a couple words I'm throwing at you is joy, enjoy, rejoice, happiness. Okay, so let me let me throw some definitions out for you. Enjoy to enjoy. And this is just purely the English definition of the word: is to receive pleasure or satisfaction from something. In itself, okay, we can't lose track just because we're in church context. We want to use church language, but we can't lose the truth. Of the word has a meaning. So, for you to enjoy something. It just has to be something that gives you pleasure or satisfaction. So based on that definition, can you enjoy things that are really bad for you? Can you enjoy sin? Yes, for a while. Can you enjoy good things? Can you enjoy unnecessary useless things, right? Uh, it's a billion-dollar-a-year business, right, all across the board. I mean, from stupid movies to all the other things that we enjoy that are maybe not helpful, but we in- enjoy those. So, so is, is to enjoy something a real stable type of thing you can count on? Like, if I can always pursue enjoying, is that helpful? Not always, right? Okay, what about rejoice? Now, that word's simply the expression or the feeling of joy, right? I'm rejoicing, like, it's coming out of me. I'm experiencing this joy. Okay. Um, now, happiness, 
is defined as this, a state of well-being and contentment, a pleasurable or satisfying experience. Yeah. Rejoice. We'll, come, we'll circle back around to that because I, I think you need to define joy in order to define rejoice. So happiness could also be like that feeling of, of good fortune or blessedness. So could, you, could things um, that are sin or bad for you bring happiness in the short term? Yeah. Can good things bring happiness? Sure. Is happiness clearly a feeling? Yeah. By its definition, is it... Um, is it dependent on external circumstances to cause that to you? I mean, it's got to be your experience, right? So happiness, is that something to really build a life on? No. No. So then you get joy. Now, joy by definition. See, here's what's tricky. I wish, guys, I wish I had a cool Bible definition for you that cleared it all up. But I'm about to make it more confusing than even before, okay? Based on his definition alone, joy is this. It's the emotion. What? That's already thrown me. That's, oh, that's not where I want to go, God. I'm supposed to give them something that's extremely helpful, that feels really holy and spiritual and non-feeling based. That's, that's not what it is. Joy is the emotion invoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires to delight. Wait wait a second. So to rejoice would be to express that. Yes, I feel feel well. I feel successful. I feel good fortune. I feel like what I was desiring is coming true, and I'm rejoicing. Right? Like, like the shepherds, you said, they had longed through all the prophets to see the man who would come and save the world, the Messiah. And so the very thought of that was like, yes, finally what I want to happen is going to happen. In the New Testament, the word, anytime we see joy, for the most part, it's, it's this word. And it, I can't, it's like my Prescott Valley accent, we'll say it wrong, but it's like chara, right? It's like, you might say it kata if you were doing all Prescott Valley Anglo-Saxon, right? So, uh, but it really means joy, cheerfulness, calm, delight, gladness. Oh, man, the Greek didn't help either, Corey. So wait a second. If you look at that, all these things really are, are feeling-based, right? I mean, it is. That, yeah, there, there's feelings involved with that. So we're, we're so busy, guys, trying to divide these lines that I think we're distracted. So here's, here's problem number one, okay? Problem number one in my small brain. Problem number one. See, these words, they're, they're all in their definition, are driven at times by feelings and emotions. Okay, now help me out here. Feelings and emotions are what? Is this good? They're what? Fleshly, they can be, right? Yeah. They're what? They're changing. That's the worst thing. They're in our bodies. Everyone around you has full access to jack with how you feel. Satan has full access to jack with how you feel. 
It takes one stupid person to wreck your day. Right? And even counselors are like, well, it's going to take you, what, what was the number they were saying? Something like, how many positive things to counteract a negative? Do you remember, Randy, when we learned that? Like 19, is that what they're saying? Something like that? So yeah, 19 positive things to overcome one bad thing. That's like one, one hit one day. It's going to take 19 days. It's going to take a whole month to make up for that. That's how susceptible our feelings are to, the, uh, to what other people are doing. Oh, geez. So problem number two. By definition, if I'm not possessing what I desire and or I'm not feeling emotions invoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, then I'm not experiencing joy. Well, this is where, this is where the religion in us will, will well up. That's not true. Well, it's true. This is what I need to tell you. I am 100% confident when we say things like, oh, like joy, there is, there is something tied to it. Okay? But that's not the end of the story, so don't, don't jump to a conclusion. Okay, So by definition, by definition um, if I'm not possessing, if I don't see good things, right? if I don't see the emotions invoked by well-being, if I don't feel like there's success or good fortune, then you're really lying if you think you're experiencing joy. Problem three, religious beliefs tell me I'm supposed to be feeling joy because of God. Anyone else heard that? I'm supposed to be like full of joy. You actually just said that to me, Will. Yes, I did. So what if I'm not experiencing joy? Is there something wrong with me? Well, the answer is yes, but there's something wrong with me too, okay? But we won't stick on that. The second question is, what am I supposed to do about it when I'm not experiencing joy? What do we do? What do we do? Help me out. We ask God for more of joy. How do we tend to react? We try harder to get happy. That's, yeah. What else do we do? Drink. Yep. Drink more coffee. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Cool. Yeah, so she said, I give it up to him, right? Yeah, you give up your circumstance to him. Whatever's making you feel unjoyful, right? Because the truth is, when things are going bad, you're not feeling happy, and you're not really feeling joyful. That's not the initial reaction. Right? So you have to give it up to him, and then you're praising him, and you're rejoicing, and you're worshiping him, and you're realizing he's got it taken care of, right? Yes. But here's the other thing that we do. We pretend. This, this, this is the goal of my life, to stop pretending. And you guys will be annoyed with me and fire me before long, because I won't stop this. Let's quit lying. Because until you get that emotion of well-being, you don't really have joy. Right? You just don't. But what you're saying is you're getting your mind transformed so you are feeling that. Right? Isn't that what happens? Doesn't it change you? We'll even read that one. Yep, count it, joy. Yeah. What am I supposed to do about it? But do you understand that what we've passed on for generation to generation is, oh, yeah, praise God, he's so good, joy to the Lord. Really? Do you really feel that? 
Because when I asked you this question, I was meeting with the posse, right, the interns this week. We asked each other this question. It's troubling. When was the last time that you experienced joy? This morning? And then the second question, is that a difficult question to answer? Sometimes. So this morning, what about it, joy, for this morning? In your Bible study? Because you, you, you were spending time with the Lord, you were in his word, you were trusting him. So could I, could I add words and say you felt well because of that? And it produced in you joy. Yeah. What about someone else? When's the last time? Anyone like got some joy tardation like me and you're having a hard time answering that question? Yeah. During worship today, why? You could feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. So you knew he was there. You knew he was watching over you. Yeah. I, guys, does that, am I losing you so far? Do you see that? If we detach the fact that our, that our God's intention was not for us to pretend to have joy or to be really somber, but that we would have a, a source of joy. And that's really the next question. What is the source of your joy. It's not, the question isn't what joy is. The question is what's the source of joy because really you can get a lot of joy out of a cheeseburger. <laughs> right? I'm getting older and things jack with my stomach. But Don, you know what doesn't jack with my stomach? A cheeseburger, man. It's making it bigger, but it doesn't make me, right? Like you get older and you eat pizza, you're like, oof, oh, right? Or like, yeah, something... You, kind of, you guys are laughing because you're older than me. You've been there, and now I'm, I'm a punk kid growing up and finally seeing this. You can't just eat whatever you want and feel well. How much lard do they put in those beans? Oh, I could really, you know, you could feel that. However, like the cheeseburger is like the anointing of the Holy Spirit, right? But it's only temporary because... I don't chew my food very well, and I eat it very quickly, and it's gone. It's fleeting, okay? So what is the source of my joy? Because the doctor might say, you can't have any more cheeseburgers, then my joy's gone, if the cheeseburgers was the source of my joy. So what we're talking about here is we don't redefine joy. We need to spur each other on, remind one another, encourage one another that his joy comes from him. And although cheeseburgers and uh, money and success and sex can bring temporary enjoyment, right? Uh, it never fully satisfies and never gives you his joy that makes you overflow. So here, let's mess with this a little bit more. Okay, let's, let's poke. Galatians 5. What, what's Galatians? What do we know Galatians 5? What's it famous for? Fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, verse 13, begins like this. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. I love that. Freedom, we like that, right? America, we love, the American part of us loves that. Um, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Back to what Jesus was saying. Uh, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, 
if you bite and devour each other, uh, this is what we're doing. Yeah. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. Oh, man, right? Don't leave your house. You'll see this everywhere right now. Collisions of opinions. We're just devouring each other. Then it goes on to say, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. So they're at conflict with one another, so that you are not to do whatever you want. So here's a really important truth, okay? Let's, um, you're not going to walk in your own desires and flesh and in the Spirit at the same time. Impossible, okay? You're not going to walk... We, not you, me too, because this is, this is my issue too. I'm not going to walk in the desires of me and the Spirit at the same time. Okay, a third time, right? We are not going to walk in our own desires and in the Spirit at the same time. It's like Corey and I trying to walk down the same thin hallway. The same, it's not going to happen. One has to go first and the other one takes the back seat, Right? This is how it works with your flesh and the spirit. And when I say flesh, right, that's not confined to physical, sexual type of needs. It's, it's all this. Wants my well-being, my desires, my hopes, my, 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 my. We can't pursue that and what the spirit wants at the same time. Okay, what's that have to do with anything? The Bible says his joy is there for us already. We're not experiencing it like he intended, for the most part. And I, I think that dance is why that happens. You see, because in, every, in the life of everyone who believes, you're going to take turns down that hallway, right? Your, your flesh is going to lead sometimes. And the Spirit is such a gentleman that he's like, well, go ahead. You can try it first. I'll be right here when you fall on your face. Right? And then you finally, oh, okay, why don't you go first? Okay, we'll try it this way. It goes well. You get complacent. The next urge thing happens. Flesh goes again. Spirit takes the back seat. So here's what's weird, okay? Galatians 5. Oh, man. Randy, I wish I knew how to teach this. I wish I knew how to live this right. But Galatians 5, he goes on to say later in this chapter, but the fruit of the Spirit, right? Why do they say that, the fruit of the Spirit? What's that? Evidence, yeah? It's an expression of who you are. Well, a plant that bears fruit only does so when it's, based on the plant it is and its health, right? So 
A couple of years, I had these trees that said they were apple trees, but no apples came out. So can I really call them an apple tree? Well, this last year, apples came. Now I believe that it really is the fruit of that tree are apples, and so now it is an apple tree. And so what, what's happening here is saying, if you are walking in the Spirit, if the Spirit's leading, then what's not leading from our other verse? The flesh. Okay, when I walk in the Spirit, when I allow Corey to go first down the hallway, then this is what happens. This is what grows out of my life every time I'm following the Spirit instead of my flesh. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, so our religion says, oh, Josh, how do I get self-control? How do I? I've got to get joy. Like, whoa, whoa, that's the flesh. All right, there's a list there of what happens, including anger, right, which is what you just heard come out of me because my flesh was walking first and not the spirit. So when you want to talk about joy, gosh, it's maddening. It's like it is a 17-hour sermon because it's every aspect of your life and following Jesus to produce joy. See, joy comes from God. That's why Jesus said, my joy. And it's only experienced when you walk with the Holy Spirit in life. That's why Jesus said in in John 15, Jesus loves us with the Father's love, and if we follow him, obeying his instructions, we find his joy. Wait, it's almost like the Bible's a treasure map in a way, right? Because everyone else has got your attention. I wish there was a shortcut. Like, if you want joy, you have to be in the spirit. If you want to be in the spirit, you have to not be in the flesh. See, we can't produce my joy that Jesus was talking about. We can try to pursue things to enjoy. We talked about that. Things that make us happy. Temporary joys. And we can get these, flee- these fleeting, joyful feelings and the selfish pursuits of our own desires, right? The double cheeseburger with bacon, right? You get that, and then you're sick afterwards. The joy was fleeting, if you could even call it that. But by definition, I think I could say I felt well when I was eating it. Um, To experience this joy, and and here's what's important. Here's why I I don't think, I think we need to get away from saying joy is not a feeling. Feeling comes from joy, right? Right? There's an emotion, there's an intellectual aspect you have to understand and believe it's good. Otherwise, you don't have joy. You don't say, this is awful and God really hates me and he doesn't do anything. And like, I'm just going to be miserable until I go to heaven, but I'm so joyful. That is not how it works. And that's clearly not what you're going to tell the people around you to get them to want to follow God. Like, you should become a Christian. It's amazing. We're miserable. But you got to lie about it. You got to say amen a lot and talk in a high voice. And then wear collared shirts everywhere. And by the way, do this and don't do this. Um, It's just, it's just not it. Quit lying to yourself. What you feel matters, but it's not everything. Okay? So if we want to experience his joy, we've got to come to what you're saying. Believing 
that we're receiving something from God towards our well-being, towards our growth. We're being taken care of. Right? So if we want to do it towards the things of this world, yes, this is well-being, then our circumstance changes and we don't feel well-being anymore. On the other hand, if I'm trying to experience the my joy that Jesus is talking about, then the source of that joy is God. In my life with Jesus, and walking in the Spirit. See, when I do that, it's when my mind is changing where I'm believing that God is working in me and in my life for my well-being, for my improvement, for my good. I must believe that God loves me and intends good for me, that he has a plan for me, and that his plan is good. Do you see that? Because if I look around, I mean... In the flesh, because we, we're carrying around these bodies, and they're going to holler at you. You're going to get hungry. You're going to get thirsty. You're going to want compassion, affection. And so, dang, it's hard. Because what I find talking with people and getting in their lives and getting in my own head, it's hard. Because it's like if your kids aren't doing well, it doesn't feel like heaven has a provision for that. Do you see that? It's like my one shot. So I'm just devastated because my kid's not doing well. And then we look at heaven, we're like, well, okay, well, this is the one marriage I get. Well, that's not going well. I'm, I'm devastated, right? There's only one health. My health is going bad. I'm devastated. Like, I, money in our culture, I need that to live, and that's not going well. So I'm devastated. Friends, that's not going well. And, and, and you don't see the provision of God in that. Does that make sense? So what I have to really tell you more than anything is I, I've, got, I've got to untangle the web of honestly well-intended lies. What I want to exhort you to is to understand that there is feelings and emotions involved. However, it's not the emotion that's the problem. It's the source that's driving these feelings and emotions. It is our perspective. See, what, what the scripture is talking about and what I really wish I was doing a better job of, and I hope that as I go throughout these years, this is what I'm going to experience because I'm seeing snapshots of it. You know what I mean by that? Like, oh, I got a glimpse. I just want more of that. But it's, it's like this. Brandy and I talk about this a lot. Man, the more I walk with God, that's the metaphor they use because it's slow and it's a step at a time. I, I travel a distance with him. You go through things. Uh, highs and lows. And he keeps showing himself faithful. And you keep learning and growing if you're, if you're looking for it with him, right? What will happen is our will and our desires will become more like his. Okay? See, if we're obeying his commandments, doing what he does, we're going to see good in his life. And then our ideas will be more like his. Right? Oh, well, I solve the drug problem. Like, make a law against it. No, no, no. Until people stop thinking drugs are helpful, we'll do drugs. Oh, yeah, well, well, abortions. We should just get rid of... Okay, until people see that that's wrong and not good and not helpful and it is not good for you, they'll keep doing it. Right? Well, why people sex outside of marriage? Well, because we're not doing sex in marriage, right? And so the world has its own opinion, and that seems better than what we're doing. Like, we have to believe, we have to receive the goodness in this. Until we do, we're going to keep going to counterfeits for joy. And you can't just go to church and fake it, that you're all joyful. 
And so knowing that God made provision and trusting that God, like, I don't know because I don't get heaven. My brain is so small, guys. But if it's going bad with your kids, it's going to be okay. If it's going bad with your health, it's, it's going to be okay. If your friends aren't what you expected, I mean, whose life is what they pictured it? And who above the age of like 45, I'm really glad it's not as I pictured it, because if I would have went that way, whoa, that would have been a mess. Right? Yeah, just see like an old girlfriend from high school. Like you're like, oh, dang, I'm sure glad. Praise God, right? Like, or boyfriend, it'll probably work the same way. You are glad that you didn't plan this and that he did. So as we begin to desire what God desires, when he does what he's going to do, you're like, yes, that's what I wanted to see. Right? It just makes sense. So instead of trying to get our happy, let's get to his happy. Right? And then what happens is we become more aligned with God's will and his joy. And our joy overflows. That's why there's this weird scripture. Let me give you a couple. Hebrews 12, 11. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. And the actual word we're translating pleasant is the same joy word. Is that true? In the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. Yeah. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So I hear like when you work out, you get muscles. When it's starting to hurt, you're doing something right. You're not supposed to just quit then, apparently, Corey. I, I don't know. But and the people who do that, apparently what they find is they push past the hurt and they grow like muscles, right? You're like, whoa, that's pretty cool. I'll keep doing that even though it hurts because I know I'm getting somewhere. And those of us who don't do that are like, ah, man, that started hurting, so I had to stop, throw that out altogether, right? Like, um, it's like that. You, in the moment, right, your happiness is going to be at like negative 10. But if you believe God is up to something, then your joy can be an 11. James 1, 2 through 4, count it all joy. That's what you said, Steve. Why, why count it all joy? Jesus did. Jesus did. He saw the joy. He thought it was a good thing that he goes to the cross. He saw the joy put before him. Yep. He saw the relationship at the end. Who knows what else the Father revealed to him, but he could see this is a good thing. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Right? We don't like that. Count it all joy. Realize, even if you're not happy about it, count it all joy when when you reach those trials. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Ninja, okay? Ninja is what you'll be. Like, ninja training is what's happening. So yes, this is good, because it's ninja training, Chris. Like, Jesus ninjas, man. Right? Jesus ninjas. Where's the shirt for that, Josh? We need that. Jesus ninjas, right? So if I know that, I know I'm going through training, so then it's like, oh, yeah, right? So joy from the Lord is expressed in happiness and rejoicing when things are going our way, right? That's how they're linked. You get happy. The joy expresses itself and happy when things are going well. 
And when they're not going well, when you're attacked and you're attached to the joy of the Lord, what you get instead is peace. It's been said peace that passes all understanding, or like I like to say, peace that doesn't make any sense. Like, what's up with you, Corey? How come you how come you're not phased by that? Peace, man. That's a cool thing about this time. I mean, if we would really latch on to that joy that we are, should be the most loving people and the people not afraid of death, those two things together, if we could somehow braid those together and walk that way, it would freak the world out. Wouldn't it? See, in peace... We get because we know that God's in control. Oh, wait, but we got a pandemic. Yeah, he knew that. Oh, but wait, there's like, oh, the environment. Yeah. Oh, but wait, political environment. Yeah. But America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sucks, I know. My happiness is going to negative 10, but my joy is that God is doing this. He's going to burn some crap up and save us all, okay? It's coming. Right? It's coming. I don't want to be burnt up, so I'm going to follow him, right? I'd like to be, you can take care of this body, and then we'll just give, give me a new one. That's better, you know? Same hair, hopefully, but. In order to do this, I think what's really important is we have to be reminded and remember what God has already done. Because then we have this faithful expectation that he will do it again. Right? He will do it again. And here's the cool thing about this chair. Okay, I've read this in some books, but maybe some of you guys will like this. There's, let me give you this word. They're defiant. Okay, what does a defiant child look like? What do they do? They pout. Yeah, what word do they use? No, 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 right, right? And defiant husbands will do that, and wives too. No, no. Like, no is the defiant thing. And, and I've heard it exp- explained this way, that joy is defiant, and it really is. Read Philippians, what Paul was doing. Go back to what you're saying. Like, lock me up in jail. <laughs> yeah, sucker, right? You cannot get me. And I'm telling you, man, there's like people dying left and right. The world's acting crazy. You can't even go to a Christmas party now. It's just stupid, right? It's stupid. It's like the world, the enemy, everything is trying to attack Christians. We're biting each other. We're biting non-believers. So at some point, this season with Jesus coming because of everything that he won and the joy that he has for us, we can become Jesus ninjas, okay? that's, That's not in the Bible. And when we do that, our joy can be defiant. Like, no, you're not going to steal my joy. My joy. Because Jesus says, my joy is going to make my joy overflow. And gosh, I wish I was someone doing this all the time. But man, I, that's what I want. I want to follow you, Jesus, in your joy. And I want to be defiant about it. When I learned about spiritual warfare, there's like tons of prayers and stuff, right? And not that those are bad, but ultimately what you have to do when you have a Lord who won already, you just say no to the world. You just say forget it. So last night, someone said this. Okay, this is the flesh and the spirit. A couple of the people, right? Some of you guys were like, hey, can we just leave the table set up for tomorrow? 
And at first I'm like, yes, because me, I just want to do something weird, right? It's fun. But then I had to pause a second and say, Lord. And if you were talking to me, you noticed me pause. I looked at Laura. I looked back. And I was like, okay, Lord. And I'm like, defiant joy. So I had to rewrite my sermon last night. Why not put the tables? Why not bring the Christmas party here? You think your busy schedules can stop God? You think car accidents can stop God? You think like a dozen funerals around this world can stop God? No. Just no. That's our joy. Just no. No. No flesh. No self. No world. No Satan. Not any day, right? Not today, not any day. No, your joy is defiant. It says, man, it's going to hurt becoming a Jesus ninja, but that's what I want to do. And so when these hardships happen, like if you get sick and you die, good for you, sucky for your family. But guess what? I know people, anyone have someone that they love die like 20 years ago? Did you cry about it today? You're okay. They're with the Lord. Like, oh, yes. Like, you can't even beat us with death. I'm going to go in the COVID ward and start licking faces. I don't even care, right? Like, <laughs> defiant joy. I don't care who's in government. I don't care. You know, I, I care, okay? But defiant joy, no. Like, lock me up. Fire me. Man, if my kids start hating me when they grow up, I'll be okay. I don't want them to. If my wife starts to dislike me, I won't... It, Whatever, right? God has me. He's going to make up for it. Not only now, but in heaven. And so you and I can have a defiant joy. So that's what we should do in Christmas. No. No. You get family and fighting? No. No, we're not going to do that. Like, you rejoice. You thank God for what you have. You celebrate what God is doing now because there's so many glimpses of the future joy to come because his kingdom has come now. And right here it is. With all us squirrely people around little square tables defiantly saying, why can't we leave the square tables up in church and bring Christmas party to you guys if you couldn't make it here last night? No. 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 I mean, look, there's like smiles already. See, there's a feeling there. But when it comes from God, you're like, yeah. Oh, right? And from here, when you step up and you do something for God, we should probably just get you a bubble suit. Chris, Anya, we, guys, elders, we should probably just buy bubble suits and just send them around you and your kids because if you're going to start this group, you just know. You're gonna, we'll buy you some marriage counseling right now because that's probably going to happen. You know, no, no, Satan, you're not going to have them. You're not going to stop them. You're not going to stop them. You're not going to stop us. We started believing like that. Now imagine you bring somebody in here and they're like, dude, we're becoming Jesus ninjas and just saying no to all sorts of junk. Like, that would be exciting, right? Like, oh, yeah. But the world's, I know, it always is. Your grandparents thought your world was messed up. Now you think your grandkids' world is messed up. They think their grandkids' world was messed up. The Romans thought their world was messed up. The Jews thought, the Assyrians thought their, yeah, they've always been messed up and they always be, will be. But no, God's kingdom is not messed up. 
Okay, let me just read a scripture over you, kind of as a prayer. I'm going to have worship team come on up. I don't want to keep you the four hours. We'll save numbers for another day. Philippians 4, 6 through 9. And I chose the New Living Translation. Why not? No. Verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. First night, listen to this. Keep putting into practice. Keep putting into practice. Keep putting into practice. All you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Let's just pray. Lord, God of peace, I pray that you're with every person here, everyone who wasn't able to make this, anyone who would hear this online. Lord, I don't want to fuel rebellious hearts, but, but we just say no. No to the flesh. No to self. No to fear. No to this world. You're not going to steal our joy. Spirit, just lead us. Grow in us. Show us where you're working in, light, in our lives so that we can be more full of love. Enjoy in peace like our Lord Jesus. I pray that you would just um, speak to us and work in us and direct us, Lord. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for coming to save us. We celebrate that. We love you and we pray in your name, in your authority. Amen. Amen.